0: sorry about the way the episode ended my phone was telling me sis you need to stop time's going on I couldn't even really see what it was saying but I just know that the numbers be be, you know they turn red so I said okay that's that's something important then um so yeah just continuing on from um part one of this episode I I kind of feel like when I look at culture and I want to make it very clear. This is not a just a British culture thing. I've grown up in mixed heritage um, culture wise. Um, And my dad was born here, um, but my mom was born in the Caribbean. I was born in the Caribbean too, but I've grown up here most of my life. There's a lot to that, but that's just a simple, simple explanation. Um, So I've grown up with Caribbean culture and British culture. Um, and yeah, so I want to make it very clear. It's not a one cultural thing. Cause as I said, um, or may not have said, but I'll say it now in the part one, um, of this episode, I've had, um, I personally, I'm just my personal likes. Um, I'm into multiculturalism. So the church I went to was very diverse and I loved it. Um. So I've had friends racially of different backgrounds but what we all had in common was um, being Christians and um, a lot of people in my life um, and even people who weren't necessarily friends um, I found that again just you know repeating what we was saying from the part one of the episode um, I was the girl that a lot of people shared their secrets with um, and I know there's nothing exceptional about me you know, there's no beam coming from my head or, you know, when I come into your presence, you know, you, you, you feel this, this sense of, 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 wow, we, we have a saint in our midst now. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It's literally, um, I, I see it as one of the gifts that God has given me is transparency. It's an attribute of God is how I like to see it. Because if you actually think about it um, when people were sharing their secrets with me as a child and as a teenager you you, you don't actually like I couldn't see and they couldn't see what it was within me that they trusted but now I know because it's not me now I know it's that attribute of God of transparency and anything that is connected to God people will gravitate to whether they know it or not. and that was my case, so um yeah, I was just saying that I actually don't know like how I became so sort of transparent, and that's why I really do believe that um, it's something that God has gifted me and I was just speaking about my frustrations of why in our culture um and let let me try and categorize it like this because I don't want there to be a divide of. Well, that's one particular race or that's one particular culture. Let's speak of that Christian, fundamentalist, overly spiritual, religious um, culture because um, that makes it easier to categorise. And as I said, regardless of what race my friends were, they felt a level of they also couldn't be transparent in their church settings Um, and i think that's that's what a lot of young people young adults people in general do they they see those in their life who are transparent and honest who has that attribute of god and then they go to them and share their issues instead of sharing it with their leaders um in a church setting church context and and that's really that's quite a sad thing um because even though someone has a title and a position, you have little old me who ha- who knows more than what the pastor could ever know and that's really sad like i I'm not saying that people shouldn't share with me I think it's a blessing, but it's a, it is a shame that the the pastor has to find out when someone is pregnant or find out when something's happened or find out through the grapevine of what's going on with people in the church that's really sad um yeah and i think that's due to that categorization of of what i said of, of like that christian fundamentalist overly overly spiritual religious mindset um where that comes from because i'm just touching on from the first um episode Part one of this. Um, I didn't find growing up. There was any. There was any. Spaces for. Focusing deep within topics of porn. Masturbation. Sexual trauma. Abuse. Um, There wasn't much around it. And. um, I think like. You know, you would find that if anything was shared, it may have been a guest. Like, why? What is it? Why does a guest speaker have to come in for people to be real and honest? Like, that's something I never, I never got. Like, I never understood. But hey, I guess that probably goes back to you know that example of when the Bible says that. I think Jesus's hometown rejected him. So, yeah, if if that happens to Jesus, well, of course it's gonna happen but did it make it right no um but yeah um i think it's it's the thing of understanding that because of the society we live in as a church body we have to make more of an effort To not just be transparent and honest, but to also give people that space and that room to have these discussions like. You know. um, It's great when. um, Certain things and events happen in the world and we talk about it as a church, but. Why does it have to happen. For us to talk about it because. The Bible makes it very clear that nothing is new under the sun. So before a situation has already or event has happened in the world, there's there's records in the Bible for us to know that these things will happen. So I think talking about it before it happens is so important. Yes, don't stop talking about it when it happens, but we can look into the Bible and we can know that, for example, me being single. I can know that there's issues that's going to arise in marriage. So I'm going to start talking about it before I get married. How do I know that it's based in the scriptures. So these areas that I'm talking about should be spoken about before people get into relationships or get married. Um, What I wanted to touch on is the sense of kind of being preached at, you know, don't have sex until marriage. Um, but not really shown how to live that out Um, and you know the areas of um, abuse and sexual trauma like I don't see things in the church like to teach you now I'm not talking about a one-time event because I'm going to be honest that's not good enough so please don't even try and bring to me oh we had a conference once in a year So every single person just, it just so happened to be that, you know, they don't masturbate or watch porn or have sex outside of marriage. Um, But when it comes to that time, oh, heaven is moving once in a year, please get out of here. No, no, thank you. Um, These are things that I said, you know, in the first um, part of this podcast, this I'm jumbling my words. This episode, um, we need to have regular conversation. Regular conversation is needed. We live in a very, very sexualized society. But yet, we're still operating in a way like church was 50 years ago. It's it's a conversation that I know I had um, when I was... Um, learning and studying um, a module in sociology that, you know, for example, the schools are operating like the way years ago, but society's moved on. Like we we now know there's a lot of children who more, up, who more operate from the logical, sorry, the um, creative side of their brain. Um, and there needs to be more out there for them to explore that and to make a career. Not like, you know, um, this is a side thing. No, there's a lot of people who are creators and that's their main job. Um, and as well as those who are even logical, like, you know, we need to teach people who maybe want to be a doctor and open up their own practice entrepreneurship, you know? Um, and these things are just get implemented, but they should have been implemented a long time ago. Um, so it's like that I find that the church is still operating. Um, with an old system. And people are afraid of this. There's this conversation of Yeah, but are you changing the Bible? No, I'm not changing the Bible. But these are the times that we live in like, when I started studying theology, and I learned about um, the head coverings in the New Testament. um, This is my understanding because I know this is a whole big Long, long debate. My understanding from what I learned in theology is that was for the culture at the time. But it's not a command now to cover your head in church. It's not a command. But yet yeah, I go to churches and, um, you know, people are looking at me sideways because I, I love my hair. So, you know, I like to do my hair in different styles. People are looking at me sideways because my hair's out. And I'm thinking you're you're adopting something that's cultural that doesn't apply to now. Like a lot of people are not taught um, biblically about things that was just for that culture and that society um, versus what is instructed of God for us to continue living regardless of how society changes. And because I am one of those people, um, who has a little bit more knowledge in that area. Um, I walk in my comfortableness knowing that certain things are just cultural and it doesn't apply to me. Um, But a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that at all. Um, So yeah, and I think we need to have more conversations. We need to create more of a safer space for people to To be transparent because it's a shame for any leaders. And I don't want to just say pastors because there's different offices in church. But I want to say it's a shame for leaders in the church setting, in the church context. It's a shame for them to be having to um, counsel a couple through divorce. Like, don't get me wrong. I've already said in one of the episodes, I do believe in divorce. Um... If it is needs be I'm not talking about let's just get divorced because things didn't go go well. I'm not talking about that. But there are certain situations and circumstances that um, you need to get divorced. I and I, I believe in that personally. Um, but it's a shame when ministers where people are given advice. Um, different leaders different offices in church when something has happened like why not speak to someone before or while they're going through it instead of after it. um, I just don't think there's enough. I think we're really put to shame by the Americans um, because they have developed and of course it's taken time, but they have somehow managed to develop and are they perfect? No, but they have somehow managed to develop platforms and areas to discuss certain cultural topics that apply to today's society and show people how they can live through that as believers but yet over here across the waters where it's it's not 1950 it's not it's not 1950 at all like we shouldn't be afraid to speak about sexuality we shouldn't be afraid to speak about traumas we shouldn't be afraid to speak about those stuff of course, as the church, um, are we meant to stand firmly upon the word of God and what God says in those areas? Yes. Will there be people who um, is upset and wants things to be like society? Yes. But what I've seen the American churches do, they have learned to be understanding that if they don't, Speak about these things, they are losing a whole generation. And oh, I don't even know why I'm getting emotional. Um, it gets me emotional. It gets me emotional that people sit down in church and you know that the person next to you is struggling in that purity with Christ. And you listen to the sermon. You go and have your tea and your cake and your coffee and you go home. You go home. Like, huh? I, 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 like, explain that to me. Where the church is meant to be a place of healing. And then what I find, and I've seen this because I've visited different churches, different um, different types of churches. I've seen that a lot of times when a person is transparent and honest about their struggles, there tends to be this whole, let's not speak too loud vibe. Let's keep it hush hush. Like we can have this conversation, but let's just make sure, you know, the kids are in kids church and let's make sure that we've got a guest speaker and let's make sure that, you know we're doing it a certain time in the evening and um you know don't feel like you you're obliged to come to the service but you can like what what kind of vibe is that is fake and we wonder why people are saying the church is fake like can i tell you this with the vibes that jesus had i don't remember seeing the scriptures many people calling him fake like they, they were lying on him yes but a lot of people were like listen this man's speaking the truth you know like we speak about you know the story of the 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 lady at the well who had all them them forever husbands and we speak about these stories but then when people are actually going through that we don't help them we don't help them. Like, I remember talking to um, one of the leaders um, in a church. And um, I remember she was walking f- through the foyer and um, she was upset. And I don't know how I just don't know how the conversation started. But this is what the conversation went like. She had got a tattoo. Um And someone was, someone came up to her and told her she shouldn't have Oh, I'm getting emotional. Oh God. Someone told her she shouldn't have that exposed in church. I need to take a pause because it's getting me emotional. Are you serious? I saw the way she was dressed. I saw the tattoo she was talking about. She wasn't dressed inappropriate for children, for married people. She wasn't in, she wasn't dressed in, a, in a inappropriate regardless. But it was because she was the areas that was showing was the tattoo. And she was upset. And I remember standing there and I was thinking, who told her that? Because it's the type of vibes I have, even though um, I'm not necessarily a loud person. I'm quite, like, goofy and sweet and bubbly. When certain things happen, and especially when it comes to transparency and honesty, I get very angry and I get very upset because I know that's not right. You are messing with someone's walk with God because they have a tattoo. I'm trying not to curse you though. Oh, I'm trying not to curse. I'm not a big cursor, but every now and again, some words fly out, you know, they fly into the air with their wings. I'm trying not to curse. Are you serious? No, no, I want you to to take a pause and, and, and really understand this. Yeah? I really want you to take a pause and understand someone has come up to a person in the church and has said to them, I don't think your tattoo should be exposed. Now, I didn't see her long after that. I'm not saying she left because of that, so... But I'm just saying this is what happened. I didn't see her some months after that, like permanently, I didn't see her at all. And I remember thinking, what is what is within someone's mind to go and tell someone else? I don't think your tattoo should be exposed in church. like. What? What is within you to think like that? And I want to be very careful because I remember um, I was watching um, a video by um, shout out Ruslan KD. Yes, I am a big supporter. All the way across in the English waters. Um, But you know, he was speaking of um, This thing of like, you know, not bashing the Pharisees and I've been guilty of it because, you know, when you see a Pharisee and they're bashing people, you feel like, yeah, I'm going to come and bash you. Um, He never said it in those like that, those exact words, but it was like that. And I I took that away and I think that's really right. So I'm just going to be very mindful and be very careful not to start calling names and stuff like that for people who are overly religious, because, again, there's there's a reason why they think like that. But I want to say this for someone to feel comfortable to say that um, there clearly has not just been seed sown in their life of um, being over spiritual being religious, but it clearly is something where they feel in. They feel safe to do it. So it tells me when you feel safe to do something like that. There's there's a bigger thing around it. There's there's a culture. There's a mindset. Um, because a lot of times people don't really speak how they really feel if they feel like the majority is against them that's just the human thing and um, so for someone to feel comfortable to do that um they're clearly feeling like okay i know it's not just me that thinks this way but other people and that's where i have the issue because um if her behavior was inappropriate in the church um I do believe that we are called as believers to um, hold each other accountable. I don't believe we're called to hold the world accountable. I just don't believe so because we're, we're asking people to be accountable to a lifestyle that they did not choose to commit to. But each and every person who calls themselves a Christian, you have chosen to... Um, Say and make it publicly known that you are committing to this mindset, lifestyle, heart posture. So I believe, and the Bible also gives us um, many scriptures about that, um, about holding each other accountable um, and using wise counsel and stuff like that. So if her behavior was inappropriate, I could understand why you would speak to her. But she's just walking around in church and it's because you don't like her tattoo. Th- that that has to oh I, I i don't feel like I can end this episode i feel like i need to do yeah, up to part 11 um but that has to change and this event that i'm talking about was only a few years ago like maybe um maybe like i don't know maybe like 6 years ago so it wasn't that long to be, it wasn't like, you know, 20 years ago to be like, hey, time's gone on. That was like maybe six years ago. And even still there's other things I can speak about that's happened leading up now to, to, to the age that I'm at. Um. But I think we've we've got to, we've got to challenge this overly religious mindset because I know and I'm saying this, I'm putting this out there. Transparency, transparency, transparency. I have been been one of those people where I can actually say I'm coming out of it like I'm out of it but I grew up overly religious conservative um as a person and um I adopted certain thought patterns um habits within that mindset and personally I'm not bashing you if you're conservative I'm just I'm challenging you, and I'm asking you about the overly religiousness being a Pharisee that Jesus speaks against he's not neutral towards it he's against it, and that's where I was at and now I'm in a place where I still have yes more conservative views, but that religiousness that um holier than thou I don't have that um Because I I know that I can't walk in that mindset anymore. Um, But we've got to challenge that. We've got to challenge that. And we have to create a safe space for the next generation, for our generation, to be able to speak about the topics and the issues that I've spoken about in the first part of this podcast. And I'm a big believer on let's bring conversations together and this is why i watch the certain channels like i do like Ruslan's channel like other people's channel um another british um creative um well who's based in england is um the mo chunks show i like to watch the sister she is absolutely phenomenal in her creativity but i like her transparency But again, why is it I have to go to YouTube? Is YouTube now my pastor? Let me ask you this is YouTube now my pastor? Why do I have to go to YouTube to see transparency, to see honesty? I should be getting this in my local church, and I thank God that for me personally, the church that I'm at now, um I do feel like I get that. I honestly do. So I just want to say that I know there is some churches out there who's already on it. And I want to say congratulations. I want to say thank you. I want to say I'm proud of you. Um, and where were you when I was younger? Um, but thank you so much. And I just, I, I hope that as you continue to grow in your transparency and honesty, and be teaching that to your leaders and, and the generations um, around you, I hope that people can really appreciate that it's not easy, because I know, as as I said, in America, it's more easier to be um, transparent in having certain conversations. But I, I can't say that it is the same on this side of the waters in England. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. Um, and be an example. Just continue to be an example to the churches who... Who need to come off their high horse and who need to kind of step down and learn from you. So thank you so much. I really, really, really do appreciate that. Yes, I may never walk into your church. I'm only one person. I only have one life. But um, just know from a distance um, there are people like me who are so encouraged by um, you changing just setting pace, you know, I was gonna say game changer, but I'm sending to American now. But yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, and I want to say this. If we want conversations, if we want change, if we want to know what's in our young people's mind. If we want to know what their WhatsApp group messages look like, let's create conversations, let's create a safe space. Let's try and make the people who are in the church and who will come to the church, know that we, we model our lives off of Christ and Christ was transparent. Christ was honest and Christ was relatable. Did he change his ways for people? No. Because there is still certain things that we must adhere adhere to as Christians if we say we're Christians. Otherwise just you know that's that's however you want to live your life, that's up to you. But if you say you're Christians, there's there's certain things that God is calling up us. But let's create conversations. Um it's great to have conversations on a group message, but There is people who are dying inside, who are struggling mentally because they don't know where to turn. And the thing is, yes, there is counsellors out there. And that's something I'm just going to keep on speaking about on this podcast because I myself have gone to counselling. Counselling is great, but counselling is a session every week or a session bi-weekly. And then you finish it. Church, you do life in church, you know. You, you get married in church, you have your christening, you know, your pastor does the funeral, you do life in church. So people are struggling um, to, to do life with people that they don't feel comfortable to do life with. Um, I am so blessed and fortunate that people have felt comfortable to be honest with me. Um, but I wanna say to, my childhood self and my 15 year old self, um, yes, I would have wanted that for you. Um, and know that there is hope coming, you know, I want you to know, um, that God will change things in the church. And I can honestly say, you know, now looking at what's happened in the world and the pandemic, um, Hopefully, a lot of churches have woken up out of their slumber um, and can see that things needed to change. Because now that we are on Zoom, what a lot of churches are relying upon is the connections, the relationships that they had before Zoom. And that's why I honestly can believe that churches some churches are struggling because you didn't really have true authentic connections and relationships Um, and now you are trying to connect with the people in your church and people are not really up for it because it takes a lot of energy to to do online connections. It really does because you're relying upon. people mentally being present. Um, You're relying on people um, engaging in what's going on. And a lot of times for people to do that, they must have a connection to whatever you're saying. Um, And for a lot of people, um, you know, it, it tends to be, and I'm not gonna just throw a random statistic, but what I can see from my church group that I'm on now, um, the reason why connection is good and yes sometimes people don't come for just different reasons like it, it is a difficult time we're living in but the connection is generally good every week is because the leaders of the church were intentional before the pandemic in doing life with people in transparency and honesty in community Um. so now that we're on zoom it's just carrying on but how do you expect people for those churches who didn't do none of that how do you expect people to turn up every week? With all that's going on in the world, with all that's been um, shown on the news and in social media, why do you now then expect people to, to be faithful and, and to turn up? You never had their heart in the first place. Ooh. But let me be respectful because that's what we do, don't we? Um, but yeah, I want you to um know that on this journey of God renewing your mindset in the area of sexual purity, know that um he can do it. I can definitely say just from my journey um and talk about my struggle with masturbation, um I'm at a place now where um a lot's changed this year, and um, coming towards the end of last year, I actually started to believe that I can be, I can be absent, I can be renewed. I, I decided to personally like do a vow thing, January this year, because um, yes, I did still struggle with masturbation last year and even this year, um, but I noticed as I'm believing more and more that God can renew me and also as well, knowing that I'm not actually lonely, because I, as I said, it's something I've deeply struggled with, but rejecting the lies of the enemy, I find that it's happening less and less and my desires um, for it is changing like, you know, I don't I don't see it in the same way. Um, and I do believe one day I'll get to a place where I'll be able to say, you know what, God, thank you for keeping me um on this abstinence journey. And I still believe that now. Um, but as I'm doing life with you, this is where I'm currently at. Um, so yeah, I'm on a journey of abstinence. Um I haven't been perfect on it. As I said, I just started January. But um allowing God to renew my mindset in the area of relationships and Um, understanding about self-worth and and just rejecting the lie of loneliness a lot's been happening a lot has been happening and um, I want you to know that trusting in God you won't be disappointed Um, but also as well just be patient with yourself like as I've said um, I've you know struggled with masturbation this year last year so I don't want to say it's just last year Um, But even still, when I come before God and I repent, I understand that I will get to a place where um, one day I'll be able to say, you know what, God, thank you. I haven't masturbated in such a time. Um, Thank you for renewing my mindset. And I'm not trying to get brownie points or aim for brownie points in time frames. But there is something, you know, in terms of habits um, and how long it takes and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, And from seeing um, that period of time for a year where I didn't masturbate, I saw the way I transform as a person. And now that I'm even healthy in all aspects, because still emotionally, I wasn't healthy, but now I am. um, I can definitely know that great is only yet to come. Goodness is on its way. Like It's going to be delivered to me like an Amazon package, but this time it won't be lost in the post. Oh, no shade. but yeah, you can do this. Trust in God and you won't be disappointed. Um, for those of you who have been through sexual trauma or abuse, um, this still applies to you. And I think that's one of the things that affected me and why I took so long to even to even kind of say this year, yes, Lord, I'll be abstinent. It's because I didn't think I could. Um, I, I just didn't think I could. I felt like, you know, um, the abstinence was, you know... For anyone who was just a virgin and didn't struggle with masturbation yes even though i haven't slept with anyone um i've struggled with masturbation from since i was young due to like the sexual trauma and stuff that i went through as well as on top of that how sexualized society is and just feeling lonely fearful and anxious and all that stuff um but i believe that you can do it also um you can do it you definitely can do it Um, And don't do it for the reasons of oh, I just shouldn't have sex or I just shouldn't masturbate but do it from the place of knowing God's truth about you and learn about that Um, You know when I look at David and I look at how David intentionally went for a married woman um, and got her husband killed and and God was displeased about it because it committed a sin god didn't god wasn't against david but again god um, is against all sin and that's something i want you to learn as i speak more in the podcast to know that um, it's the sin that god condemns um but yeah and you know god sends a de- um a prophet to speak to david um and in a way like the prophet didn't directly say this is you but there's like this story that um this story that this prophet presents to david and basically says what should happen to a man if he does this, this this and this and then david said oh david was angry with you know um what happened to the man in the story um and said this is what should be done and the prophet said to him um well the the example the story is um it's a reflection of you this is what you've done and god is displeasing come before the lord and repent um And um, David had um, a son and God said that um, the son won't live. And I want to speak about this part because this can be quite scary because you can feel like, well, I've masturbated and I'll never get a husband. I'll never get a wife. No, but what God makes very clear is when you remain in that sin, it will grow and it will manifest into something that there will be consequences So, literally, when you finish masturbating, get back up and repent, don't leave it, don't do it the the morning after, don't, um, you know, do it the, you know, the week after, if you've had sex, the moment you're, you're zipping up your trousers, please be praying a prayer of repentance, um, and when David realised, hey, you know, I was living in this sin, um, because at this time, David didn't actually really come truly before God in a heart of repentance. David was still doing whatever he wanted to do, um, but when the story was told from the prophet to David, David, you know, said, "You know what, God? Actually, I know that you are more upset with the fact that I didn't even come to you because that's something I I, I learned, um, not not learn literally." this week but something that was reiterated from my um bible study zoom group and it's not that god is displeased with you it's the fact that he's displeased with you not bringing that issue to him because you have to remember you are dealing with a loving god and anyone who has been loved by someone know that when that person becomes hurt it's not necessarily the fact that you hurt them it's the fact that you didn't feel like you could speak to them about whatever it was um so yeah and um god says you know what the son's not going to live that's one of the consequences of david remaining in his sin and not repenting and um not bringing it to god so that part listen carefully and understand that yes there will be consequences um in indulging in sexual immorality there will be but listen to this next part and let it give you hope um, but David came before the Lord and basically David just came on his face and said God I've done wrong I've really really done wrong um, and I am so so sorry I'm really really sorry for um, not bringing this to like, yes, I know I shouldn't have done what I did. But I'm really, really sorry for not coming before your presence. And when his son had died, because I think he was praying because he didn't want his son to die. And that's quite understandable as people. It's understandable that, you know, when we do indulge in sexual immorality, sometimes we, we don't want to lose. Like, let me give this example. If it is, you're sleeping with this girl. Um, and you know that God has called you to come away from that relationship, come away from sleeping with her. It can be hard to be like, to know that God's going to separate you from her and you may never see her again, but it's for a better, a better purpose. It's God knows what he's doing and he's intentional, um, in what you will learn from that. So his son died. Um, and then David got up out of that place of mourning, um, And he literally like, I think it says that the servants um, in his household were shocked because it was like, you know, he um, literally was mourning. And then let me read it to you. So um, I think I'm reading a foot. I don't know if it's actual. Is it biblical scripture? I think. Yeah, no, it is. It is because it says footnotes, but it's not. But I think it's scripture. But anyway, you can't find it in the Bible. Please go to the Bible. Um, It says, then David got up from the ground after he had washed, put on lotions and changed his clothes. He went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house and at his request, they served him food and he ate. His attendants asked, so his servants asked him, why are you acting this way? while the child was alive you fasted and wept but now the child is dead you get up and eat he answered while the child was still alive I fasted and wept I thought who knows the Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live but now that he is dead why should I go on fasting can I bring him back again I will go to him but he will not return to me and I find that so powerful because David after he came from that place of repentance and understood you know what my God is too good I know my God um, has taught me a lesson in terms of me understanding that you know I should have come before him I should have repented but this is what's happened Um, but my God's too good. Like, I can't get my son back, but I know that God's got better for me. And actually, God did have better for him. Let me carry on. Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba and went to her and made love to her. She gave birth to a son and then named him Solomon. Now, you know this guy, Solomon, big, big guy in the Bible. Hmm. The Lord loved him and because the Lord loved him, he sent word through Nathan the prophet to name him Jedidiah. Now, you know, they have multiple names in the Bible, so let's leave that as it is. But the point is this. He lost a son. Yeah. And that was hard. But the son that God blessed him with next, who knew? The Bible said in that time Solomon was the wisest man to ever live. This is the same woman he snatched up from her husband, committed adultery, murdered the man cold-blooded. But then yet god blessed him with the wisest man to ever live and not just that solomon was the richest man in his time in all of israel the richest man <laughs> so i want you to see that yes we do things and there can be and will be consequences um of the sins we commit because it's just the nature of sin 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 always leads to death, the death of a relationship, death of a job, death of a circumstance. But when you bring that to God, God doesn't just accept and say, I'm proud of you. God renews you and he blesses you abundantly. Why is this man to ever live? So I want you to see this. When you come on this journey of sexual purity with God, And yes, I'm making it very clear, you will not be perfect, but your intentionality, your heart posture and your mind is being renewed. Look to see who God blesses you with when you're standing next to them at the altar. Look to see who God blesses you with when you give birth to that beautiful son and daughter god has great greater coming for you so when he tells you to separate from that girl and you're feeling like well can i do any better you will do better you honestly will do better and trusting god for that now that i'm on this journey of abstinence you know sometimes the enemy tries to put lies you know so lies within me and um you know when i hear oh um i did it i committed to it in january so when i heard about the the i think the extension of the lockdown there was that sense of oh my gosh more time but i quickly ran back to god and i said god okay this is what i've heard but i know that this does not change what you are doing within my life so lord i will commit myself to you and yet the enemy flees he flees when you run back to god Do not think you can be safe on your own without God because you can't, you can't do this journey of sexual purity on your own. You really can't. And let it be known that God is proud that you even decide to come and give him your body, give him your mind, give him your emotions. He's proud that you've done it. And you will see how he rewards you. Does it mean that going to the altar, you may not have masturbated once, had sex once? No, you may have done it a few times in between. But the difference is is that your heart is full of repentance. And that's why David was spoken about so much, being a man after God's heart. And God spoke about the way he loved David because David, David was an adulterer murderer schemer liar you The as it, it extends but why was david so blessed so loved by the lord is because he understood he couldn't do this thing we call life on his own on his own so i want you to know that you can do this be patient with yourself because god is patient with you why are you going to be hard on yourself and god's not even hard on you and understand that this journey will not be in vain. Remember, the word of the Lord does not return back to him void. You will see how you are blessed for giving him your sexuality, for giving him um, your sexual purity. And I can honestly say, what, two months in from saying that vow. Um, and I say vow because when I was watching the video, that's the, the the word that the person used. But agreement with God Um I've been blessed, I really have been blessed. And I can honestly say that God's word is true. So I wanna leave you with this. Um, I just wanna quickly pray for you before we go. Um, Heavenly Father, I ask that each and every person who is in a place right now, struggling with loneliness, struggling with masturbation, struggling with porn, struggling with um, having sex with the person that they're with or different people, Struggling with their sexual identity, questioning things about life, I ask you, God, that you remind them that they can't do this thing we call life on their own. I ask, Heavenly Father, that you remind them that once they come before you, even in their brokenness, even in their pain, even in their slip ups and their mess ups, they will not just be rewarded and blessed, but their heart will be filled with joy and with peace. Because you desire for your children, you desire for them, dear God, to live a rich and fulfilled life, regardless of the mistakes that they make. So Heavenly Father, I pray that you help each and every person to know this. That you are a just and you are a fair God. You are true to your word. And if only, if only. Only they surrendered their sexual purity, their sexuality, the season of subs, um, abstinence over to you. They will in fact receive so much substance within themselves. And they will also be able to impact, dear God, and change the people around them. Because I know, Heavenly Father, that I did not get here overnight. There were other people who were transparent in their journey of masturbation, transparent in their journey of their sexuality and their mindset and their sexual purity. So God, I just ask for each and every person that's listening that you remind them that they can do this with your help that they should trust in you. Guys, thank you so much for being patient with me. These two episodes um, were longer than I thought they would have been, but I really needed to get out everything I was saying. Um, And I just hope that as we go on this journey together, you are not just listening to my transparency, but you're also transparent with yourself. Um, and you're honest with yourself so take your time take your time and allow God to transform you so yeah see you next episode we should do this again well you know where to find me